morning. And we are glad. Hallelujah. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Get, you get the highest praise.
put those hands together. Are you glad to be in the service this morning? Come on, lift those voices. Come on, say that again. And we are glad. Put those hands in. talk with Jesus.
Now get ready, men. Now, men, now. Now let Tell them all about. He will hear. Just a little talk. Come on, men, one more time. Come on, men, now. just a little talk with Jesus. <laughs> and he gonna make everything all right. So we're asking everyone to come to the altar. If you cannot walk, I ask for one of the mothers to go to them and pray with them at this time. Because we're gonna have a little talk with Jesus this morning. We should always pray and not faint. Because prayer, prayer changes things. And if we just have a little talk with Jesus, he'll make everything all right. It's Black History Month this month. Our four parents had a little talk with Jesus. And they made it. And we today can have a little talk with Jesus. And he will make it all right for us. We just got to learn how to lean and depend on Jesus. Because he's the only thing that we have. So as we come this morning to the altar, I just want us to just, just reminisce for a while where he has brought us from. He's brought us from a mighty long way. We might have... We might have sickness in our bodies. We might have pain in our limbs, but he brought us. He is still continuously bringing us. So we ought to always pray. Even though we are in a little pain, we still need to look up and say, Jesus, help me. You Lord, thank you. Thank you. So this morning, I just want to say our father. Not my father, but our father. 
which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy holy and righteous name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us this day our daily bread and forgive us not those who trespass against us, but let us pray for them. Lord God, we just thank you this morning to be able to walk up to the altar this morning. Able to open our eyes and our mouths to see and to speak, to thank you. Lord, we just want to say thank you this morning. Lord, we want to ask your touching hand to go by and touch Brother George Carmichael. Sister Inel Childs. Brother Lamar Green Sr. Brother Sammy, Sammy Hazlett. Evangelist Sandra Hood, who is here with us today, still praising God. Sister Queen Johnson, Sister Charmaine Hazlett, mother. Our own Reverend Elder Robert Lee. Sean Mathis. Beatrice Randall. Gabrielle Reed. Devon Williams. And Lord God, don't forget about our pastor, Pastor Hamilton. Lord God, strengthen him in what endeavors he is trying to search upon this day. Strengthen, giving him the strength that he needs. Lord God, strengthen his mind, strengthen his heart, strengthen his body, so that he'll be able to run the race that is set before him. Lord, we just thank you this morning. Those that are here around the altar that need a touch from you this morning, Lord God, I ask you to just touch them. Touch them physically, mentally, and financially. Lord God, we all need you today like we never need you, needed you before. Lord, I ask for our children, Lord God, they need you. Lord God, they need you right now. Lord God, because they, are, they don't know what they want. They don't know what they want to do. But Lord God, if they seek you, Lord God, they will understand what you have for them to do. Lord God, I also ask you to bless the teachers. Give them the, the want to, to teach our children. Lord God, don't just sit them in a corner and say, you'll get it, but to teach them what they should know. Lord God, we all need you this morning. Lord God, I just ask you to just bless the man of God that is going to bring the word today. Lord God, crown his head with wisdom and knowledge from on high. Lord God, touch every heart that we will receive what you have sent us here to receive. Lord, we just thank you. And we just cannot forget how much that we need you. And we should always pray. Pray without ceasing. And Lord, we just ask your blessing upon all of us here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. These are other blessings I ask in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
while we are going back to our seats and we are near and dear to someone, to all of us. Let's show ourselves friendly. You get up and hug the person on your right or left, or behind you, in front of you. We thank you for not going too far. <laughs> statements will be available by request from Tawana Canahan. Please email your request to finsec at newmorninglight.org. That's finsec at newmorninglight.org. Those who give online, you should have received their uh, contribution statements by email. If you have not received your contribution statement, Please notify Sister Tawana Cunningham by email. The office hours for financial secretary are Monday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Wednesday, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Women's Fellowship will be hosting an information meeting February the 15th, starting at 12 noon and ending at 2 p.m. All women and men is invited to attend so that we can be informed and receive much needed information concerning sex trafficking. Children may attend with their parent or legal guardian only. Guest speaker will be Ms. Tara Hall, Interfaith Children's Movement Executive Director. Please plan to come and invite others to come to receive this important information. Good morning, New Morning Light. Now this is some much needed information I think we all will be able to use. Even if you don't have children, I'm sure you know some children. And this is not just happening to children, it's adult men and women. So, it was brought to my attention that this is something we need to have here at New Morning Light to get everyone informed. I'm asking you all to attend so we can get the information we need that may save someone's life. So I will hope that you all will plan to attend. Now children, I know there's a lot of children. We're asking the children to come with their parent, their parent or parents, or their legal guardian. Reason being, we here represent the church. When they speak about sex trafficking, things could be said that may not be approved for their child to hear. So we're asking the parents to come along with the children so they can be informed, and then maybe you, after the information we receive, you can go home and better talk about it to teach them more on things they should do and shouldn't do. So again, make sure if you want your ch uh, children to attend, please attend with them. I would really hate to have to have some child step out of the meeting because the parent decided they're not coming. I know sometimes we, as we bring children to church with us, but we need the parent or the legal guardian for this meeting here. So please, adhere to it. I don't want to hear my name in a bad way after because I put someone's child out. We're not trying to go there. So please, if you want your child to be a part of this meeting, please come and bring them. Thank you. recognition of Black History Month every Sunday, one hour on Sunday, starting at 9 a.m. We provide knowledge of Black History past, 
present, and future, and you are invited and encouraged to attend the following Sundays. February 2nd, Introduction to Black History, and a brief introduction to the 2020 theme presented by Sister Diane Goodlett. February the 9th, African American and the Vote, in honor of centennial anniversary of the 19th Amendment, granting women's suffrage and subsequent centennial 15th Amendment, giving black men the right to vote, presented by Sister Diane Goodlett. February the 16th, Black Out Sunday, we're asking New More Light members, families, and friends to wear all black. We will have a presentation by Brother Alfonso Parson. February the 23rd, Black History Jeopardy Challenge. How knowledgeable are you? Every Sunday in the month of February, you are encouraged to wear African attire except for February the 16th, which you are encouraged to wear black. So, I hope that you join us in the month of February here at New Morning Light Baptist Church as we give recognition to black history. The Black Heritage Festival on the seventh, it's the seventh annual Lift Every Voice and Sing concert will be Saturday, February the 8th at 4 p.m. at Griffin Auditorium. Address is 234 East Taylor Street, Griffin, Georgia. Adults, the tickets cost is $10. If you are interested in attending the concert, please see Sister Barbara Beach in the foyer today after morning service at 77, or you can call her at 770-309-1806. All proceeds goes to Griffin and Spalding High School Music Department. So if you are able to support this, you are encouraged to. Thank you. New Morning Light Mother's Ministry Community Health Fair hosted by Wellstar Health System will be March the 28th, starting at 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. More information will be coming soon, so stay tuned. Additional community announcements and employment opportunities will may be viewed on the monitor and announcement board located in the vestibule. Now at this time, we have a special word from our pastor, Pastor Charles Hamilton. Hello, good morning, Life family. This is Pastor Charles coming to you from Port Jackson Military Base, and I just want to let you know that I'm doing all right. I've been challenged mentally, spiritually, and physically, and I just wanted to tell you all that your pastor has grown from the leadership training from world-class leaders, and I'll be able to take these leadership skills back to the church and help the church grow in so many different ways. Although I'm here, I want to let you all know to stay rooted in your Bible, stay rooted in your faith, and continue to keep loving on one another, just set by the example by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, I'll be back towards the end of February to fellowship with you all and to love on you all and see you again, but I have to come right back here to training to finish out the remaining of my Chiboli training. Uh, nonetheless, remember that you are the light of Conley and the darkness shall not overcome you. Now may the grace of God and the peace that goes beyond all understanding cover you and keep you. I'll see you soon.
New Morning Light welcome all guests and friends who came out to worship with us today. New Morning Light, guests and friends, have a blessed week. We'll have dismissal of our children. All church school teachers, exit the sanctuary now, please, to meet your students as they exit the sanctuary. Students, please line up with your teachers when when you exit the sanctuary. Okay, our first group is pre level two pre K, pre kindergarten. Four years old to two to second grade. Dismissed to the fellowship hall. Level three, third grade to fifth grade. Dismissed to the yellow house. Level four, sixth grade to eighth grade. Dismissed to the Yellow House also. Level five, ninth, gra ninth grade to 12th grade, dismissed to the Rock House. And last, level one, preschool and honor, dismissed to the nursery. Now we'll have another song by choir.
the songwriter says, I am. I have everything that I need. The great I am provides for me. You are my strength when I am weak. The great I am provides for me. Second Peter 1 and 3 tells us that God has given us everything that we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. I have everything. the great I am. And his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Yes. 
Hallelujah. You're the I am you are. You're the I am you are. The great I am provides for me. The great. The great I am provides for me. Hallelujah. The great I am provides for me. Hallelujah.
I thank you for my us, Lord. I thank you for my down, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, say thank you. And I thank, and I thank. everything. I thank you, Lord. I really do. Amen. Okay, we are blessed to have Minister Hurd bring the word today. He shared a great message last month, and we're anticipating the same today. New Morning Light, please join me in welcoming Minister Hurd. God bless you all. Let us pray. Most gracious and tenderly, Father, we come just telling you thank you, God. Thank you for allowing us to wake up to this day that you did not promise to us, but you gave it to us anyhow. So we say thank you, God. God, thank you for all the things that we've done in our lives, God. Thank you for forgiving us for our sins right now, God. We repent right now, God, and come to you saying, please forgive us for all the sins we've committed on this past week right now, God. We ask you to refresh, renew our spirits right now, God. God, I ask you right now to delete me and insert you right now, God. Allow this word to touch somebody, to touch somebody's life, God, and allow them to go into another level in life with you, God. God, I ask all these things in your darling son, Jesus' name, I pray. We pray. Amen. Amen. Well, happy Black History Month to everyone. I'm going to get right into it, for I have a word that I believe God has given me not only for you but for me so this is really a testimony message this morning so I ask you to bear with me as I go into the book of Jonah turning your Bibles to Jonah chapter 1 verses 1 through 17 if you choose to stand you may do that if you choose to sit that's fine as well I will be reading from the 
NIV version. The word says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and he headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship board and wet the port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each of them cried to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below the deck, where he laid down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lots fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered sacrifices to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Three days and three nights. Thirteen days and thirteen nights. You all may be seated. As a young boy, middle school was the first time I was told I was destined for leadership. I was told this by my drummer teacher, Mr. O'Connor. He told me, Kafabian, you are destined for leadership. Now, at the age of 12, I didn't really understand what he meant when he said destined, but I went with it. I went on to become an actor in his plays. I was one of the lead actors for about three years in his plays, and I went on to discover that I had a passion for acting. But I still didn't understand what he meant when he said I was destined to be a leader. You see, a lot of times people get into positions a lot of times people get into powerful roles and that makes them a leader. But what happens when you're destined 
for leadership. See, when you're destined for something, you can do nothing about it. It's going to follow you everywhere you go. And I mean, this leadership thing followed me everywhere I go. I could not shake it if I wanted to. See, when you're destined for leadership, it comes with influence. It comes with impact. It comes with your presence meaning something. But what happens when you don't know what your presence means? What happens when you're part of some calling, but you don't want to be a part of it? What happens when God calls you to leadership, but you don't want it? I want to raise the topic this morning. When leaders fail, my Jonah experience. You see, one thing about God I noticed in this book of Jonah, he allows us to make decisions. And Jonah decided to flee because he was not ready to do what God called him to do. You see, God respects our will to the point that he allows us to make those choices. But here lies the problem. We can indeed choose the wrong path. Chapter 1, you see that Jonah is rejecting God's request by fleeing. I should probably be at a different point in my life. However, I flew from God. Anybody can attest that you have had points in your life that you decided to go the opposite direction because you wasn't prepared for what God calls you to do. Or you just did not want to do it. You see, I took detours in my life. These points were called my will. But you said something about God that if you are doing your will, he would eventually grab your attention to do his will. As you see in the scripture, Jonah is at the dock of the boats. And in life, we see there are many options. Jonah had the option to go with God. He had the option to stay with his people. But he decided to flee. See, T.D. Jake said it best, just because you're able to go forward does not mean you're going right. The silence of God does not mean he agrees with what you're doing. And a lot of times God would sit back and be quiet and let you do you. He will let you do you. My first point I want to raise this morning is the responsibilities of a leader. See, leadership has nothing to do with a position. Just like Jonah, Jonah was powerful in his land. He was an influence. He was a prophet. He enjoyed just doing the things for the people of his land. Just like we enjoy doing things for people of our land, our friends, our inner circle. We get comfortable and we want to stay in that area. Jonah was living good in his hood. He was able to do these things. For his people, but God wanted him to go deal with other people, a foreign land to him. What happens when God sends you to a foreign land? You ever got so comfortable somewhere to the point that you did not want to argue with God? You was confused at God's voice. You confused God's voice with your voice. You see, God is okay with you choosing your voice, but you have to be okay with the consequences that come with choosing your voice. 
When Jonah's territory expanded, Jonah thought that he would just go with his people and continue doing what he does best. But God ordered him to go to Nineveh and cry out against all the wickedness. But Jonah fled to Tarshish, realized he never physically said no. He, his actions said no. He never physically said no. His actions said no. My actions said no. The decisions I made on a regular said no. The way I was treating my calling said no. Sometimes you don't have to say no because your actions speak louder than your words. I was never saying no to God with my mouth, but my actions said no to God. Nineveh was a progressive place. Nineveh had all the economic stability. Nineveh was the place to be back then. But Nineveh did not believe in God. Nineveh went against what Jonah people were about. They were about God's business. So Jonah had his own opinion about Nineveh. Jonah didn't mess off with Nineveh. So Jonah wasn't trying to hear what God had to say about going there to save them from their wicked ways. But how many of us know that God doesn't need us to agree with him to send us? God doesn't need you to agree when he says go. If God says go, we have to understand that is what he's telling us to do. And a lot of times it's hard to go when God says go, especially when you're comfortable, especially when you feel that you're doing great things in your area. What happens when God says quit a job that you're making six figures at? What happens when God says, go into a land that you do not want to go in? What happens when God says, uproot your family and move? Sometimes we have to go when we don't agree. What happens when God sends you past your friends? What happens when God sends you past your family? You have to be okay with stepping out to get the results that God wants for your life. My second point is, you can run, but you can't hide. See, Jonah was escaping God's request. He went down to the dock, bought him a ticket, and said, I'm out of here. But see, one thing about God, God is everywhere. God is everywhere, and God showed up in the midst of a storm and said, where are you going? God showed up in the midst of a storm. When you belong to God, everybody else can do something and not get in trouble for it. But when you do it, you belong to God. So the consequences may be a little harder. When you belong to God, you have to ask for other things. And see, in my life, I was getting confused with why can they do it and I can't do it. But see, I'm a son of the most high. I belong to God. When you're a part of a different cut from a different cloth, some things you can't do. Some places you can't go. Some people you can't interact with. When you belong to God, you have to decide to step out. You see, it's a real day when you must admit that your disobedience is the reason your friends are suffering. It's a real day when you have to admit that your disobedience is the reason your family is suffering. See, when God calls you out, you have to create the discipline to do things right and then influence those to follow you in the right direction. But when you're gifted with something called influence, people will also follow you the wrong direction. 
And when you have to look in the mirror and say, it's my fault, it's a real day when you have to look in the mirror and say, it's my fault. Recently, I had to look in the mirror and say, it's my fault. I take the blame. You don't have to go to hell to live in hell. You wake up one morning and find yourself in hell, and that is con- conjected by the series of bad choices you brought upon yourself. This is the result of having your way. You see, a lot of times we get confused and we have allowed Burger King to tell us, you can have it your way. But we, when you serve the king and not Burger King, you can't have it your way. You have to follow his way. Somebody look to your neighbor and say, this ain't Burger King. My fourth point, and the most transparent point, is the importance of the belly. You see, Jonah cried out to God once the fish swallowed him. He had nothing left to do but cry out to God. You see, Jonah was in the belly of a whale. But see, me two weeks ago, I was in the belly of a cell. I was in the belly of a jail cell crying out to God. Confused, frustrated, figuring out why am I here? What did I do to get to this point in my life? I could never have imagined being in jail. But God will put you in places God will put you in places that all you have is him. God will put you in places that the only person you can lean on is him. And it's okay for me to be transparent today because two weeks ago, I made the decision to leave the country on a warrant. And I was detained in Florida for 13 days. With the only person I had numbers to call was my father. I don't know about you, but have you ever been detained in some place, put in a place where you know that you are not supposed to be? And the only person you have to call on is God. You're so ashamed to call on anyone else. The only person you have to lean on is God. And I stand here transparent today because somebody had to go to that belly. See, a lot of times we get afraid to tell our testimonies immediately. We wait for about 20 years, about 10 years, and we say, Lord, he delivered me 10 years ago from a drug addiction, delivered me 10 months ago from from abuse. But what happens when he do it a week ago? Are you worthy enough to speak to his people? Are you worthy enough to give your testimony and say that I'm still called? I'm still his child. Sooner or later, God would have his way. Have you ever had to remind God that you're still his child? Even when you're smoking, you got to remind God you're still his child. When you're drinking with your friends, you got to remind God you're still his child. When you're fornicating, you got to remind God that you're still his child. It doesn't matter what place you're in in life and what you're doing, you're still his child. And don't let no one tell you that you're not his child. Don't let no one tell you that you cannot be forgiven and set free from any sin. My last and final point says, use the well wisely. 
Being used by God may not always result in you understanding God. So when Jonah got off the well, he went to Nineveh, like God said, and he began to tell the people to flee from their evil ways, flee from their wicked ways, for God will be coming in 40 days. And if you ain't got it together in 40 days, he will destroy everything. Jonah gets mad at God because he had mercy on these people. Jonah felt like, God, these people have done so many bad things to you, and you're still having mercy on these people. I did one bad thing, and you put me in the belly of a whale. But like I said before, when you're you're called by God, your responsibility is heightened. He requires you to do a little bit more. He expects more out of you. There's There's not much difference between the pulpit and the pews. There's not much difference between the people that stand up here on you, with you on Sundays and preach to you and the people that sit beside you on Sundays. A lot of times we expect so much out of the people in the pulpit when they're too just sinners looking for grace. Just because God called sinners to save sinners does not mean that you don't listen to the message. Sometimes you got to look past the messenger to get the message. Sometimes you got to look past what who stands before you and get the message. So I stand before you okay with what I've done, okay with my past, but I have a message that God has given me to give his people. And no matter what I've been through, the message must still go forward. People don't want to hear this, but just because two weeks ago, people don't want to hear that I have been given a second chance and I'm standing before you telling you to follow God. People want to hear that you got pulled out of these things years ago. Like I said before, God will use a sinner to save sinners. All of the real people who are in me in here, if you've ever experienced a belly experience, raise your hand. If you've ever been in a belly, raise your hand. You've ever been in a place where you were ashamed to be and you can blame nobody but yourself. It's okay to have your belly experience. And if you haven't had one yet, I'm telling you to keep living. Because soon you will have a belly experience. God will come to get you out of your belly experience. And just because he has you in suffering doesn't mean he's not protecting you. Just because he has you in suffering doesn't mean he has not protecting you. As I experienced those 13 days in a jail in Florida, I met some of the most amazing men I've ever met in my life. For these men were just people who fell short of God's grace. Addicts, robbers, killers, steal people, steal deserving, ex-NFL players, people who were once mortgage brokers, people who was once president and CEOs of companies. So I want you to know that the misconception is real. And we have to always sometimes stop and realize that we are blessed to be on this side, and in a split second, it can change. A traffic ticket can turn into something else. Driving without a license can turn into something else. Possession can turn into something else. In a split second, it can change. So never think that you're better than, or you're more more close to God because you're on this side of the cell. Because in a split second, you could be inside the cell. And God will let you go through it. Now, I don't want you to think that he's not going to let you go through the consequences. But he's going to protect you as you go through. 
As I close, I raise the question, what have God said over your life that you have not yet agreed with? What has God told you to do that you have not yet done? What are you waiting for? The belly? What are you waiting for? To destroy others' lives? What are you waiting for? This is the question you really have to ask yourself and be real about it. I've spent at least the last three years trying to negotiate with God, trying to combine and disguise my calling with my passion. God has respect for your passion, but that does not mean you can't neglect, you can neglect and reject his calling. I'm going to say it again. God has respect for your passion, but that does not mean you can reject or neglect his calling. You see, as a minister, it's hard to mess up because so many people see you as the example. And that is what I was running from. I've never really said that out loud before, but I was running from the responsibility of being the example because I was afraid that I couldn't measure up to God. I couldn't measure up to being a preacher, to being a pastor. I couldn't measure up. So I asked God to please rearrange this calling. Just let me be a motivational speaker. Just let me go and do little things here and there. But please, I don't want a pulpit. I disguised my calling to accommodate my passion. But God will get his calling one way or the other. And sometimes, just as Jonah, he has to put you in a hard place, put you in a corner, and ask you, are you really wanting to go to war with me? Because I will win every time. And one thing that I admire about Jonah, he surrendered. I feel like he still didn't really agree, but he surrendered. And so I decided last week that I was surrendering. Whatever you have me to do, God, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Whatever you want me to be, I'll be it. And if that means people don't want to be around me, if that means I got to go by myself, I'll go. Send me and I'll go. I will go. You see, many of us have valid reasons why we are weak in certain areas. We have valid reasons. Neglection is a reason. Your upbringings could be a reason. Things you saw when you were too young could be a reason. Abuse could be a reason. Molestation could be a reason. Negative teachers could be a reason. These are valid reasons, but a valid reason does not make it an excuse. Having a reason why you're the way you are, you cannot use it as your excuse. God does not operate in excuses. If you ask for healing, allow him to heal you. If you ask for protection, he will protect you. But you have to move forward in your walk. You have to move forward in your purpose. You have to move forward in what he called you to do. And we cannot keep using the same excuse as my mother wasn't there. My daddy wasn't there. I saw this when I was young. Drug abuse runs in my family. Alcoholics runs in my family. So when are you going to break the curse? When are you going to stop what's going on? When are you going to be better than your family? It's okay to be better. It's okay to be the example. It's okay to not operate in the same lineage as everyone else has operated in. It's okay to be the difference. As a leader, I'm always in my head, always wondering, am I effective? Do I matter? Am I good? But what I should be wondering is, 
Is God pleased? Did he tell me to say that? Am I giving God the glory? Leaders' biggest downfall sometimes is the importance we put on others validating our call. The importance we put on others saying, you're doing good. I'm excited about what you got going on in your life. But God, right now, I tell you to strip me of that importance. I can care less about what you think. As long as I am pleasing the man above, I am doing what God's called me to do. That is what we are here to do. Remember that God called you. No one can tell you that God called you. God called you. If he wanted to call them to tell you, he would have done so. But if he called you, walk in that. That's the only validation you need. Stop seeking validation from people. People will lead you astray. People will take you on a roller coaster as a guest in your own life. People will take you on a roller coaster as a guest in your own life. So I stand before you a leader who has failed. But I promise you I am not a failure. I stand before you a leader who has failed, but I promise you I'm not a failure. I pray for those who have experienced their Jonah experience. I pray for those who have not. But I tell you today that God will take you back out and God will put you back up. So don't sit back, sit down and weep in sorrow because you've been through something, because you made a bad decision, because your bad decisions caught up with you. Don't sit back and cry. Stand back up. Get back in the race. Do what you're called to do. And I promise you, God will protect you. I promise you, God will be there for you. God bless you, people. God keep you. And I love you. to get out of that belly. Be ready to do what God has called you to do. Especially leaders. All of us are leaders. We are to do what God has called us. A lot of us, God has called us to do things and we just keep running and high. Amen. Doors of the church is open. Anybody who, who's ready to give their life to Christ, to just do what God is asking you to do. Don't wait 20 years from now to do it. Right now is the time. You might not be here tomorrow. 
know that message touched somebody right in here. Don't let your reasons be your excuse. That we all have some excuses. These reasons seem so real, but we just use them to do our will and not his. today. Continue to, uh, we said it, the doors are never closed. Yeah. You can see us out in the parking lot and still give your life to Christ. But we want you to do it before your family and friends. But, okay, amen. Now we'll go have our tithing offering. And let's, let's give like we know we, that God has told us to do. He didn't tell us to just sit on it. 
during that tide, during that uh, invitation, we didn't do prayer. If anybody just needed prayer, we can do prayer. We can, you can come and we will pray for you. It's always time for prayer. Have some willing people in here who will pray with you for you and who knows you might see somebody you want to pray for Anyone need any envelopes? Raise your hand. The ushers will bring you something. is going to lead you around. We're going to start in the back. We're asking everybody to walk if you can. If you can't, we, we pray for you. The ushers, you may begin. 